0: Well, Razorback fans, we know that Arkansas is going up against LSU this weekend, and we're going to take a break from the game itself and talk about the game itself, the rivalry game. Is Arkansas and LSU actually a rival? Let's talk about it on today's Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razor Max podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I'm also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash lockedoncollege or enter promo code lockedoncollege for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you that. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Wednesday. I know it's a little bit later when I'm putting out this podcast, but uh, just a uh, had some uh, things pop up, you know, schedule gets to us, but uh, still appreciate everybody listening in. And if you haven't subscribed to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, do so now. Help help a guy out, you know, help help a help a des, uh, deserted Raider, Razorback fan uh, who has been going through a lot as a Razorback fan. Help him out by uh, subscribing to the channel, as well as subscribing to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. But um, you know, the game against LSU is coming up this weekend. We all know the pretty much miracle that Arkansas may need in some people's eyes to win this game or at least knowing that it's going to be the toughest game left on the schedule uh, I know some people have made arguments made for Alabama not to say that Alabama's going to be easy because it's not but if you're just looking at the rest of the games right now where it stands LSU is the toughest game but a lot of that has to do with where the game's at it's in Death Valley you know it's, it's, it's at night it's at six o'clock and that always you know puts a little bit of a crazy spin on it and everything. But you know this is the battle for the golden boot, as they like to call it. And it's always been an ongoing debate on whether or not this game is actually a legitimate rivalry game. And I have had some fun with it with uh, some of my friends down there in LSU, some people in the media, about whether or not this game's a rival. And some of them look at it as like, we do not care, whatever. It's not a rivalry game. We don't care about the golden boot trophy. Then some people say, yeah, we do care about it because it does matter. We want to win this game because anytime we don't take it seriously, it seems like Arkansas ends up winning. And so the question becomes of, is this game a legitimate rivalry game? Now, this is, I think, a very interesting topic because, as we know in college football, especially, rivalries matter. They do matter, as Joe Tessitore said. And they mean a lot more whenever you win games and. How I've always looked at rivalry games, at least in my definition, is that before the season starts, when you look at the schedule and you do a power rankings of the games that you want to win the most, not that you have to, because that does sometimes play into the same game, but the, the one you want to win to win the most, all right? And you circle, and it's usually number one or number two in that range. And then the other team, they look at the schedule, and they look at the games that they want to win the most and they rank that game at number one or number two as well. To me, that's usually what constitutes a rivalry, a true heated rivalry game, more often than not. And looking at Arkansas and LSU, their, their history is quite fascinating. Now, LSU does lead the series 41 to 23, so they have won a lot more games than Arkansas has. But let's just also talk about this, too. Anybody that says, well, it's not really a rivalry because we've won all, we've won more games. Like, you know how many times there are like, legitimate rivalries where one team has won significantly more than the other? There is quite a bit of that. So it's not out of the realm of a possibility. So that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. To me, it's always about teams that win when they take something away from you or they ruin your season or, you know, they're that team that just is that uh, crawl in your crawl that you can't get rid of. But Arkansas has had, for all intents and purposes, some success against LSU really since joining the SEC because that's that's what I want to look at the most. Now we could go back into the Southwest Conference days, but it's about since Arkansas has joined the SEC. And if you look at the amount of times that these two teams have played since 1992, Arkansas has won 11 times. 11 times since uh, joining the conference. Now, she's won the rest of them. But, you know, I... I know that Arkansas went through that long stretch of the Brett Bielema-Chad Morris days where they lost five straight to LSU, and that was the longest losing streak Arkansas had. But they've had a couple of losing streaks against LSU. Um, let's say they, when they're in the SEC, 94, 95, 96, 97, they lost four straight. And 03, 04, 05, and 06, they lost four straight, and then they lost five straight. So uh, there has been some losing streaks there. But Arkansas, in the times that they've actually beaten LSU in some of those significant games, have really come at times where you know it could constitute a rivalry. Because it used to be at the end of the season every year. It used to be the final game of the season between these two teams. And there were quite a few times where the SEC West was on the line. Whoever won that game ended up winning the SEC West. Uh, I think in 2002 was when it really all started with the miracle on Markham and the excitement that was brought from that. And Arkansas won the West to go on to the SEC Championship game. Um, Arkansas also won in Baton Rouge back in 2007 which we all know is an iconic game, uh, triple overtime, Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, Peyton Hillis, uh, the final regular season game as a Razorback, uh, beat number one LSU and at the time ruined their national championship opportunities. But luckily for them, uh, Missouri and West Virginia lost the next week, and so they got kind of backdoored into it. So Arkansas won that game, they had the Miracle Markham Part two. Arkansas didn't make a bowl game that year, but that was their bowl game. Won that one. And then you got the 2010 game, of course, going to the Sugar Bowl. Uh, Arkansas wins that game. Uh, 2014, shut them out 17 0. Fif- 2015, going down to Baton Rouge and clearing out the stadium. That was like the first time everyone, anyone had ever seen a night game in Baton Rouge get cleared out in the fourth quarter because the other team's winning so much. That was a weird time. And then LSU went off to win five straight. And then Arkansas, uh, last time they won, was actually in Baton Rouge two years ago when Ed Orgeron was basically a lame duck coach, won an overtime 16-13, to and uh, they ran over to get the boot. So that's just kind of reclapping all the times that Arkansas has won, and uh, I know that with that, uh, or at least the stat that's been thrown around is that the past three matchups between these teams have all been three-point games. In 2020 in Fayetteville, LSU won 27-24. Arkansas won 16-13 to in overtime, and then last year 13-10 to in Fayetteville, LSU won. So just a weird time in a weird game, a weird series that just kind of gives a little quick recap of of what it looks like. So going back to the whole question of is Arkansas and LSU is the battle for the golden boot, a legitimate rivalry in college football? I'm going to be honest about it and you can disagree, but I don't believe that's the case. I believe that Arkansas fans do have a disdain for LSU, similar to the same ways that many fans in the SEC have a disdain for LSU. Uh, LSU has a winning program, and they, they win a lot in most in a lot of their sports. You know, it's kind of the biggest dog in Louisiana when it comes to colleges. Uh, they've had success in national championships in football recently and in bat, and in baseball. Like they, they have a large fan base. And they have quite the culture, and their fans are usually, by and large, stereotypically pretty pretty mean, pretty ruthless, pretty nasty. So people have a lot of hatred anyways for LSU, similar to what Arkansas does. But that doesn't make it a rivalry game. LSU, if you're looking at, going back to my whole statement about the, the, the games that they want to win the most, and they go through and they look at their schedule, Arkansas is usually not at the highest of their list. Because LSU, they want to beat Alabama more. They want to beat Ole Miss more. They want to beat Florida more. Like, they want to win all their games, just like everybody else. But I believe that when it comes to the power rankings of the games or the teams that they hate the most, that they want to beat the most, it's usually meaning that uh, they want to win other games besides the Arkansas game. And that's okay. And that's fine. Um, It's got a trophy. But just because it has a trophy does not mean that it's a rivalry game. You know, there there's things, same thing with the Missouri game with the the battle line rivalry game or whatever, like just because you have a trophy does not mean it's a rivalry. And I personally don't like when that type of thing happens where people try to force something and when it's not organic. And I felt like that how's out. That's how LSU felt about Arkansas back when they had to play each other at the end of the season. I think it started in 1996 when the battle of the golden boot was official. And then it kind of feels the same way with Arkansas about Missouri. It's like You're forcing a rivalry, and you're forcing it just because, you know, there's nobody else, and you guys need to play each other, so figure that out. But I don't believe it's a rivalry game. I think it's just a rivalry in the sense of an SEC West foe, which divisions aren't even going to (laughs) matter starting next year because there's going to be times where Arkansas and LSU don't play each other, and I think that that is another way of knowing and maybe a good indicator if they go with the schedule with football like they're looking at to do. Where if you're going to have three permanent opponents each and every year in your conference schedule in the SEC, and then five or six rotating opponents the rest of the way, if you're not one of those three teams or those three opponents that are permanent, you're not a rival. You know, because everybody else is going to get their rival. Like Texas and Oklahoma are going to play each other. Texas and Texas A&M are going to play each other. Arkansas and Texas, I believe, are going to play each other. So, like, I think Arkansas and Texas would be more of a rival. But LSU, they're they're going to play Bama more than likely. They're going to play Ole Miss more than likely. Maybe they keep the one with Florida, or maybe they go against Oklahoma. Maybe they keep theirs against A and I mean, there's there's different possibilities. But the point is, is like you are not going to be one of those three teams that they pick to be, oh, like a rotate or not a rotate, a permanent opponent. You're just not, and that's okay, folks. That's the whole point of all this. And then what I'm trying to say, if you view, view LSU as a rivalry great. I'm not going to argue with you because it's dumb. It's dumb to argue about stuff like that. However, it's okay if if Arkansas and LSU are not a rival. It's okay because there are so many other great things about college football that you can look at, and there are also some other great teams that you can look at and want to beat, want to beat more. Because to me, I'd rather beat Texas more than LSU. I'd rather beat A&M more than LSU. Like, those are teams that I'd rather beat more. And at the end of the day, if you don't have a rivalry, that's okay. Just do it in the Arkansas Razorback way, and we'll end on this one. Do it the Arkansas Razorback way. I feel like this is the best way to do it if you're a Razorback fan, and it's the only way. Hate everybody equally. Hate everybody equally. Yeah, you don't have a rival. There's not one team that you look at that you hate more than anybody else. Just hate everybody equally. Us against the world, right? We're Arkansas. We're used to that type of mentality. Everybody doubting us, everyone putting us down. But hate everybody equally. To me, that would be the best form of medicine for it. But, yeah, I'm sure everybody will agree totally. And that's just, I thought it was an interesting thing. To It's that time of year, so let's talk about the battle of the golden boot and see if it's actually a rivalry in some people's minds. Folks, uh, i got to tell you, though, about bird dogs. Now, you've been hearing me tell you about bird dogs for a while, and I cannot express... How Awesome bird dogs are how much I love wearing my bird dogs. I wear them all the time and not only because they look amazing, but they also feel amazing. It was something I was skeptical at first because I'm like, man, you know how shorts are shorts, right? Or pants are pants, you know, they're just whatever. But then once you put them on, it, it just feels like you put on like Superman's cape and suddenly you're like, oh my goodness, I feel amazing. I feel like I can I can be flexible. I feel comfortable, and they look good and they feel good. It, it's incredible. They got so many different things like the the stretching type of waistband that just fits you and molds you to your waist. With the anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric, that will keep you dry all day long. That's also one of the the best things about it. And they just fit great. That's that's the point of it. They fit great. They look great, and they are great. And they are functional for every occasion. Doesn't matter if you're golfing, going out on a date, evening out, uh, working out, pool. Some, whatever. It, it, it's all about that. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter in promo code locked on college at checkout for free bird dogs, water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, This was a question that was actually asked to me by uh, one of you listeners about KJ Jefferson. And, you know, I'm not saying that uh, KJ has not like been like terrible this year. So uh, people who are saying that is just they're just wrong. But it's a matter of how do we how do we get KJ to be KJ? I think was how the question was posed. How does K.J. Jefferson get to the point to where he's being the player that we all know he's capable of? He's being comfortable. He's being the guy that uh, can make plays and be clutch in clutch situations. You know, how How do we get to that point? How do we get K.J.? And I think that people are probably looking at it because this weekend is when you would really need K.J. to be K.J., when you'd really need him to be the best that he could possibly be. So... I went back and I watched some of the film with KJ Jefferson and, and looked at some of the plays that he made and plays that maybe he didn't make uh, against BYU and against uh, Kent State, Western Carolina. Just kind of looking at the highlights just from KJ Jefferson, and again he played fine. I, I'm not trying to say he, he was bad or that you know he, he's terrible or anything like that. It's just people are wondering when that when that game is going to happen. You know that KJ game is going to happen, and I've always felt like with KJ Jefferson. He is a guy who has so many different positives about his game and positives about how he plays that if he's going to get it to the next level, you got to let him just be KJ. Sounds cliche, but it's true. Hear me out on this. You need KJ Jefferson to be able to, in a moment, create, improvise, go with his gut feeling because that's not something that you can really coach. That's not something you can just put some sort of intangible number on and say, this is why uh, Arkansas is going to be good. This is why KJ is good because he's really good at this one thing. But if you just have that gut instinct, that mentality, that like, no matter what ends up happening, if you got to make a play, you can make a play That just some you're born with. And KJ has an element of that. We've seen it many times. We've seen it times where he gets hit and bounces off tacklers or he gets out of tackles and then he has on the run and then he takes off running or then he makes an incredible throw. Like I start thinking about all the t- all the times that he has been dead to rights in the pocket to be sacked and he got out of it. He's like completed every pass after that. Or if he's got to go on a run, he's gone far. Like he- he's gotten a huge gain. And you know, you want to be able to run a- an efficient offense. Now I'm not calling for Dan Enos to say, "All right, we'll just stop what you're doing and change everything." I'm not saying that. But to me, K.J. Jefferson is always at his best when it's just like, here, here's the ball. Find something to do. <laughs> Figure it out. See how it goes. Like, that's how I've always felt about K.J. And I, I just think that that's the best way to do it. And so I want to see if we can get more of that out of K.J. I don't want to see broken plays, mind you. I don't want to see him, uh, well, he you know, keeps getting hit, but he gets out of it. Like, I don't want to see that. But I do want to see him more so going with his instincts. Going with what feels right and being able to just, you know, as the kids say these days, let them cook. Because there is a lot of evidence from different games. And I always look back to, you know, the game, like the game against Mississippi schools that he always played in. He always showed out in those games. Like that one against Ole Miss back in 2021. I know Arkansas lost, but he just put on a clinic in that game. Uh, even the game against Mississippi State that same year where they had to come back and win. Dude made plays. He made plays. That's the KJ I want to see. That's the KJ that we all know and love, and I want to see more of him. I know it's easier said than done, but to me, that's how you get KJ to be KJ. Is just let KJ do it. He can figure it out. He's an experienced quarterback. He's been in this league for a long time. He knows what it, he's capable of, and he's and, and, you know with the offensive line protection issues, they're gonna to have to figure things out. But if they let him. Just be himself and be KJ. I think it's going to really work out for him in the long run. Folks, this episode is brought to you by Markel. From Fayetteville to El Dorado and everywhere in between, Markell has been helping Arkansas small business communities for over 30 years. Markell is a global specialty insurer with a truly people-first approach. Because to them, insurance is more than just a piece of paper. It's a promise to help you get back on your feet. We spend a third of our lives working, so on-the-job injuries can be expected. You work hard to build your business, so it's important to make sure that you and your employees have the right insurance coverage. Whether you're new to the business or celebrating a 25th year anniversary, whether you have one employee or a 1,000 employees, Markel aims to understand your workers' compensation insurance needs. So find a local independent agent to get a free workers' compensation insurance quote today at MarkelInsurance.com slash locked on. That's M-A-R-K-E-L, insurance.com slash locked on. Markel, insuring America's small businesses since 1930. Insurance carrier coverage, dividends, and services availability may vary by state. Markel is a registered trademark. Of Markel Group Incorporated. Uh, this podcast is also sponsored by Jace Medical, and you got to get your Jace Case today. It provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, and all it takes to get a Jace Case is to fill out a simple online form, and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. Get an ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions. Doctor-created and doctor-recommended. You don't want to ever be caught unprepared. We know that life, a lot of things hit us where we are very unprepared, and when we're unprepared, it ends up being a major problem. And then we get scared, and then we end up feeling like we have no control. Well, don't let that happen anymore when it comes to a lot of the medical remedies that can help you out with Jace Case. So save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Case plus an additional $20 off using my promo code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. More than $360 saving with life-saving antibiotics with Jase Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using promo code LOCKEDON at checkout at Jasemedical.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I know that this is uh, kind of a you know a thing that was pretty surprising that I woke up to here this morning, and um, you know I just wanted to kind of uh, at least address it. But you know, people, I'm sure if you're a Razorback fan, remember Greg Brooks Jr. Greg Brooks was a player that was a defensive back for Arkansas, uh, recruited under Chad Morris, and played a couple years for Arkansas in 2020 and 2021 under Sam Pittman and was a really solid player, Uh, but he's from Louisiana. And then when Brian Kelly ended up getting hired at LSU, uh, he ended up transferring, transferring over to LSU along with Joe Fouché. But, you know, he's still at LSU this year. Joe Fouché has has moved on, but uh, he's still at LSU. And it was announced this morning. Well, first off, Sam Pittman did a press conference when he opened it up earlier this week, kind of giving out his thoughts and prayers to uh, Greg Brooks and his family. And it was like, I didn't hear anything specific about what it was, but we have a little bit more of an idea now of what was going on with Greg Brooks. Uh, his family released on social media. he was diagnosed last week with a large brain tumor that required emergency surgery. The doctors successfully performed the procedure on Friday to remove the mass, and we are awaiting the biopsy results. We are grateful for the work and care of the medical staff and helping Greg through the challenges and for the concern and love poured out by so many of the Louisiana, Arkansas, and national sport communities that means the world to us in this difficult time so just a scary thing an absolute scary thing and glad that uh, the surgery went successful and hopefully everything ends up going well but the the point is is like bringing this up i know that people myself included was pretty upset when you had uh both joe foucher and greg Brooks leave that the way that they did you know they were starters on a team uh joe foucher was a captain on that team Um, you know, they had been, they were the ones that rushed to get the boot when Arkansas beat them in 2021. And when they left to go to LSU, it kind of felt like, okay, like you kind of turned your back on Arkansas. You went to the enemy, you went to the place that meant so much to win that trophy, just to go over there and help them. You know, I was pretty hurt. I was, I was pretty upset by it. Uh, you know, it's just like you move on. But when I saw this news though, it's like, it just is a reminder that at the end of the day, it it is just a sport, you know, and it's just, it's, it's just kids out there in college and. You know, whether you had certain feelings about people leaving or people going, whatever it is, it doesn't matter because when stuff like this happens, it, it really shows that there is still a, a human element to it. Like these are still just human beings and there's still things that are, have issues and, and things that pop up in life that pops up and something as serious as this is uh, definitely something that is uh, not to be taken lightly. And having a large brain tumor at the age of 22, 23, however old Greg Brooks is, is a very scary thing. So it's just a friendly reminder, once again, that we we talk about this game. We love this game. We hate this game. Uh, we trash talk a lot about other teams, players, whatnot. It's what we do. It's the fun part of it. But, you know, stuff like this is just something that you always got to remember that, you know, even, even if it was something that was upsetting to you or even if it was something that you didn't like when he left, but it's still something we can be, you know, praying for and give our thoughts out to, uh, Greg Brooks and his family during uh, this time. Cause again, that's, it's just a scary situation. So hopefully he ends up going away. Uh, all right. Hopefully he ends up having a full recovery, but, uh, yeah, just sad news there for uh, former Razorback, uh, Greg Brooks, Jr. Appreciate everybody listening in to locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google play. You can also get after me on Twitter, buzz, John neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.